Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com And welcome back to Little Cuts, our weekly mini-sode where we dig into the things that we've been watching recently. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. This week we're talking one sad horror movie, every first letter of that capitalized, <laughs> a hidden found footage gem, a darkly comedic home invasion-ish, a claustrophobic sci-fi thriller, and then it's time for some pretty intense video conversations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's start off with this sad horror movie, though. Okay. So I have been watching a million things trying to catch up before the end of the year, before like Same. I have to make lists and we have our podcast recording about it. And so it's just been like a big flurry of things, which has been very fun. So this one is My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. Oh, yeah. Which I had it. It was like talked about from festivals and I wasn't sure about it. And then it just hit Shutter, I believe, yesterday or this week. And I decided to watch it because we were texting about it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I have a I have a vibe for this. It's and it is. Whew. But the film is about a brother and a sister, Dwight and his sister and his sister, Jesse, who are taking care of their younger brother, Thomas, who is very sick. Mm -hmm. And it's discovered that Thomas is. A vampire, basically. They don't say vampire, but he drinks blood. He can't go out in the sun. But he isn't the kind of vampire. He's like a he's a sickly vampire. Like he's super weak. He can't really do much. He can't leave the house. And so Dwight and his sister, Dwight, who's played by Patrick Fugit, who is incredible mm, in this mm -hmm. movie, they have to go out and kill for their brother to get him blood. Right. And so they're in this incredibly precarious situation where, like, they're trying to find victims for their brother to keep him alive, but the bodies are piling up. And... 
wow it's heavy right heavy i don't know what i expected in terms of how well made it was going how well made it is and how well acted and how just dark and sad it is but like it's incredibly heartbreaking and it definitely hits you if you have a family member who has um, a pretty bad illness and you're helping caretake it's very much that so if that's something that triggers you like do not watch this movie <laughs> but um don't watch the movie um or if you do just be warned um but it's it's beautifully done it's just really heartbreaking i don't want to give too much away because a lot yeah. of it has to do with like the power of the the performances and like the emotions between the three of them but like the three main actors give such incredible performances and it's just like a lot of very sad looks at each other mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot but it's be- it's really fucking good and it's on shutter right now yeah i need to revisit that one i saw it at some festival and it was like sandwiched between a lot of movies that felt very similar and that they were kind of the slow burn uh depressing type of movie and it kind of got lost in the shelf for me so mm-hmm. I think with some like space from it and not like binge watching a million movies at once, maybe I should go back and give it another shot because um, I keep hearing really good things. I would. I definitely seems like the kind of um, the kind of film that would get lost in a festival shuffle a little bit mm-hmm. just because it is so like tonally different. But yeah. I, you should definitely revisit it. It's worth it. It's very good. Yeah. And sad. Your girl cry. Probably. Oh yeah, or at least just feel very down after you. I remember. Watch it, be, so. I remember being pretty down by the end of it. Great. Huh. Okay. Well, what? It, uh, let's uh, totally flip the script here. <laughs> what is this yeah. darkly comedic home invasion ish? <laughs> okay, so I had put out there a, a tweet about movies that I that um that maybe I should watch before you know compiling my my end of the year list. Friend of the show and former guest, Justin Ordell, sent me a whole bunch of ones. And one of the ones that he sent me was this movie called The Trip. And I remember mm. this this movie popping up at, I think it was Fantastic Fest. And I wanted to watch it. I kept meaning to watch it. I kept wanting to watch it. And then I didn't. And then it went away. Uh, but it's on Netflix now. It's streaming on Netflix. And I didn't realize that it was on Netflix. And so the moment he said that, I was like, ooh, I need to watch that movie. And it's um, it is a trip. It's about this uh, this couple, this man uh, and wife. The wife is played by Numi Rapace. Rapace, I think. I think. Yeah. They are both kind of failing filmmakers. She's an actress. He's a director. He's directing soap operas. And it's obvious that like this was a last-ditch effort on him. She's acting in commercials uh, for um, pharmacy like drugs and stuff. And they decide they're going on a trip to the to his to the man's father's. Uh, cabin. Uh, one of the shots of the film early on is him preparing for the trip and he is buying a bunch of supplies and you know, there's a conveyor belt and you see going down the conveyor belt, a hammer rope, two rolls of tape and a hacksaw. Mm, sounds kinky. Yeah. Except he wants to murder his wife. <laughs> kinky. <laughs> and <laughs> And then at the very beginning of the film, so it's it's set up. They're there. They 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 argue back and forth. They have little tiffs and whatnot. Um, they obviously have a lot of drama between the two of them over money, over like relationship stuff. And while she's in the corner of the room, he sneaks up on her with a hammer, and he's about to hit her, and she 
spins around and zaps him with a taser. Fuck yeah. That's all I'm going to say about this movie, because part of the surprise and fun of this movie is watching this sort of events unfold, because it's not just the two of them. There's yeah. more... I've heard that it's on Netflix, right? Like it, it is on Netflix. Got the place. Yeah. Yep. It, okay, but it, is it worth? Is it worth it? Because Steve and I were actually were looking at it to watch the other day, and we weren't sure. I loved it, but I will put a little asterisk and a caveat because there is a sequence involving um, sexual assault that okay. is almost played for a joke. Ooh, I will fight God. <laughs> No, interesting. Okay. And not so much that the sexual assault is played as a joke, but okay, all right. Who? Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Who? And it's like this movie was had this very fun vibe, and it was like I was laughing along, I was enjoying it. It was like constantly going three days earlier, five days earlier, like flipping back forth in time, telling this complicated story of how these two got here and what's happening. And then that happens, and I'm like. Oh, this really killed my vibe. And then it kind of goes back to the more fun. So I was like, I don't really like this scene. Okay. I would be fine if it was like just changing the tone immediately and just like this was the rest of the movie or it was going to keep a more serious tone. But it yeah. has this one scene that's like, is this serious? Is it a joke? I don't know what they're trying to do with it. And then it goes back to jokey, almost Looney Tunes-esque violence. And it's really weird. And I had a problem with it. But the rest of the film, I think, is really great. Okay. It's just a weird moment. That is weird. That I have to like caveat. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I I appreciate that. Interesting. Okay. Well, now I really want to watch it because now my curiosity is <laughs> peaked because I'm a psycho and everyone knows I like rape revenge <laughs> movies and I'm always so fascinated how sexual assault is used on screen. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I'll take it back. Maybe we'll have a little bit more of it, a little uh, more in depth talk once you see it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this found this hidden. Found footage gem. I'm excited for this one. So you all know I'm always looking for weird shit to find on the internet and watch. And I was looking, it was like by happenstance, someone on Reddit posted, was it Reddit? It was a, a, a list of like all of the folk horror that I've seen. And I love folk horror. Mm-hmm. So I was scrolling through the list and like there was some weird shit on there and I was like super vibing with everything. And there was one title that had a really cool cover called The Land of Blue Lakes. And I just was drawn to it. I hit it and it's from this year and it is a Latvian found footage movie. And I was like, how have I not heard of this? <laughs> um, it had seven reviews on Letterboxd. So you know it's good. <laughs> um, and it's on. it was on Tubi. Oh. Tubi comes in clutch with these found footage movies, I swear to God. They really do. It's incredible. And so I, it was like less than an hour and a half long, and I thought, all right, we're going to watch a cool found footage movie and see what happens. It is full quarter. It mm-hmm. has incredible – it has some really great performances. It's a little slow at parts, but I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, it's not the best found footage movie I've ever seen, but it's got some of, like, the most authentic kind of dynamics between the characters. Like, I know in found footage movies, people are like, oh, it's so forced. But, like, these people in the film feel like friends. And so there are five people, all friends, one of them, and they're going to the land of Blue Lakes, which is, like – it's basically a bunch of lakes connected, and they're going kayaking across the lakes to get to this 
like this historical spot that's a sacrificial stone where their ancient ancestors used to kind of have uh, commit sacrifices to the gods oh. uh, before Christianity came and took over and like kind of okay. colonized the area. So that kind of like gives you a vibe. And so they're all vloggers and like that kind of was like oh god but it, it wasn't like super obnoxious like because and that's kind of a conceited for why this guy is filming because he has a mm-hmm. he's like wants to make a youtube video they're kayaking and strange shit starts happening and it's like pretty slow at first it's pretty slow but like it's got some dr- like, weird dread built into it that like I might have been reading too much into, but because it's full core and there's something that happens towards the beginning with a camera being used while they're all sleeping, oh, which was incredible. And it just feels like all of a sudden nature is like conspiring against them. And it's all oh. very subtle, like down trees in their path. And like, it's played as, is this like something weird or is this just the way the world, like the nature, like it's the nature. I just, I thought it was really neat. I think it's really cool to find these found footage gems that, like, no, you wouldn't find anywhere else. Like, no one's talking about this. It's right. Latvian, which, like, what the fuck? You never oh. would have expected that. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's Latvian. It's in Russian, I think. And it's, I think it's worth watching if you're a found footage person. I mean, I don't think it's going to be everyone's cup of tea because it has kind of the slow parts to it where it's just, like, right. people in a boat. But... I still thought it was really great, and I thought some of the things that they did are really creepy. So it's on Tubi if you want to check it out. I highly recommend it, and it's from this year, so it's just a cool, a cool little thing that probably not many people have seen or heard about that I would love to get a little bit more exposure on. Yeah, I I saw when you were like you you tweeted out about you know were there any like found footage films that you'd missed? And I saw someone respond and you said I'd already seen that. And I was like, ooh, I hope she talks about it. So I'm glad she I'm glad she did. But it, it's weird how those little you know films can just sort of fall through the cracks almost yeah and like it's obviously a very low budget movie and like i bet they didn't have like any like any kind of pr Mm -hmm. or distribution or anything so it's it's really cool to be like i know reddit's a cesspool but you (laughs) know all of social media is and like so our horror is a cool place to find these things like people are always posting recommendations or like their letterbox lists Mm. um and there's this, like, I always find cool shit in those lists that are just, like, I never would have seen it otherwise. So it's just kind of cool, like, how word of mouth can spread this. Like, I know from talking about some found footage movies I've seen, I've gotten more people to see them. And I'm like, that's right. so important for these filmmakers who wouldn't have any other chance. So I'm glad that I have, like, a mini platform that I can, like, talk about this stuff to and hopefully help other people watch it. And it'll kind of spread out like that. So watch Land of Blue Lakes if you like found footage, guys. Hell it's yeah. pretty cool. So... Yeah, I I highly recommend. More folklore, please. Yeah, seriously. Folklore found footage. There's a couple. I I keep finding them, so I want more of them. But okay. Claustrophobic sci-fi thriller. Mm -hmm. Tell me more. So I also had thrown a tweet out there about like, you know, what is a movie that no one has seen or that you haven't heard people talk about? Yada, 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 right? Because I wanted to watch them for our end of the list, end of the year list, maybe. And Megan Navarro just was a guest had responded about um do you hear that oh that was weird monica monica (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if that'll come up on recording it was like this really weird like noise it was was weird uh anyway so megan navarro responded We're never going to be able to get off this call. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Responded with this little sci-fi French thriller called Meander. 
Okay. Which I had never heard of. I had... You texted me about this one. Had not heard of it either. It is about this woman who is, she's walking by the side of the road and she gets, she's looking for a ride and she gets picked up by uh, this driver. And at first he wasn't going to pick her up. And then he's like, you can, he's like, the gas station's just down the road if you want to, if you want to go. And then she decides she's going to take the ride with him. And while she's in the car with him, there's a news report comes on about, um, a serial killer who has a cross tattoo and he happens to have a cross tattoo on his hand who um, has been killing people and ma- and uh, like mutilating their bodies. Oh, she hears that there's like this really tense moment. They fight. She gets her head slammed against the uh, dashboard and then she wakens up and she is in completely different sort of f- futuristic sci-fi clothing. She has this like weird circular attachment on her arm that has a yellow light and has like a led type screen on it. And she's in this really small concrete room and with no apparent means to escape. But before she can really think, figure out what's going on, a door opens at the very end. She crawls through. And when I say small room, I'm talking, she is like crouched. And then this door opens up and she has to like, basically like shimmy her way through it. And she sees ahead of her, um, a sky opening. She can escape. She's trying to close that, go through there. And then something cuts her off and forces her down another path. And then her little bracelet thing starts. It had, a, it was starting to count down. And eventually it starts to like D D D D D. And these little things come out of the wall. And it's obvious that bad things are going to come out of that. And then this opening opens up on the side and she rolls into it. And she is in this little glass container as flames like burst through and, and like, burn the entire hallway that she was just in. And so we were following her climbing through this very precarious, strange tunnel that is full of all these little traps. And you don't know what's going on. You don't know why she's there. You don't know why she's in different clothes. You don't know where the, the serial killer is. And you're trying to figure out what is going on. All right. All right. And that's about all I can really say about the plot without like diving into spoilers. I will say that going into it, when I first started watching it, I was like, oh, well, I know that this was this is it. And then I started to like piece things together a good while before the, the movie kind of unspools them. I, I was a little ahead of it, but it didn't dampen my entertainment for it. And it definitely keeps things twisting in terms of like what she is being faced with with threats and the tunnels get even thinner and thinner and if you don't like claustrophobic things like this gives descent a run for its money in terms of like the claustrophobia uh but it's a it's a really great little french film by a director his name is matthew turi he's a writer and director for it and i really really dug it hell yeah where did you watch it it's on vod i had to rent it Okay. Okay. That's not But really but liked like, it. Okay, cool. That's it sounds like it has saw does it have saw vibes? A, a little bit. A okay. little bit. I'm just that sounds a little bit like it. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just what you've told me. Okay, cool. Fascinating. I hate I hate small spaces, but I like watching them because I don't then I'm not experiencing them, so I can live <laughs> that fear out vicariously right, right. through the television. Cool. Okay. I saw that Megan said that, and I was like, that's one of the movies I have not fucking heard of this year. So, okay. One second. Food was delivered. I'm just texting Cassie. (laughs) Food here. Oh, there's the dog. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So it's time for some intense video conversations. It's time for some sex, for some lies, <laughs> and some videotape, baby. Oh, yes. Definitely some videotapes. What, what did you th- – okay. So what is this movie about? And then what did you think of it? So, okay. This – this film from 1989, it is Steven Soderbergh's uh, feature film directorial debut. And it is about a woman and her husband. Andy McDowell and Peter Gallagher are in a pretty stale marriage. She doesn't really like having sex. And so, or with him at least. So he begins having an affair with her sister. <laughs> um, you know, normal shit. And then his old friend comes to visit, who's played by James Spader. And he kind of brings in some... Uh, complications to everything and he himself is just he describes himself as impotent um when around other people and has a very particular fetish where he records women talking about their sexual experiences and then uh watches them for pleasure yeah i'm curious what you thought of it so i loved it but it does not feel like an erotic thriller you know what i mean like at least compared to what we have been talking about like this was not like anything like it was I adored it, but there there isn't a lot. They have sex in the title, but like it, there isn't a lot of sex in it. It's a mm-hmm. lot of talking about sex. Um, there aren't any weird twists and turns. Like there's definitely, obviously, like the erotic thriller weird. Like not even like it's a, it's like a square. Like it's not even a triangle. It's like all four of these people are just like in this weird like quad of sexual energy and repression and weird talking about sex but there isn't like the stakes aren't super high and it's a lot of just like sad people looking for connection more than anything else yeah i it's more of a erotic drama i would say but even like the eroticism is 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 reduced because it's it's not i mean it's kind of weird going from watching a stranger at the lake to where it's like penis on display and sex on display to like coming on camera uh-huh to this where it's all like more emotional but like also erotic conversations yeah, about like of, sex yeah it's like a lot of emotional intimacy mm-hmm. which i think is fascinating and like i think there's a lot of really c- weirdly sexual sexy moments like when they're mm. chatting with each other and having these like very honest conversations with like practically strangers about their lives but it's not it's not it's not like what we've been talking about i don't think i no. would have called it an erotic thriller whatsoever i wouldn't have either i mean i'm glad i watched it though like i really really liked it i am too and you know it's always interesting to go back to a director's like through their filmography and see like where they started out at because you can see some of the the things that like have carried through his career i one of the kind of stylistic choices that like really kind of weirded me out in the beginning was when they're having telephone conversations it's as if they're in the same room like it is it's not like how it normally is where you hear them and it's like maybe muffled through like the receiver or like they sound far away no they're like having conversations as if they're just chatting with each other in the same room i thought there was like a weird audio mixing problem at first i was like oh no this is on purpose (laughs) yeah no i did too i was like this is really weird and then i was like oh this is a stylistic choice and it does it does add to like some of the intimacy like it, this movie is very intimate, and the conversations that they have are so. I was like, I was enthralled just hearing them yeah. talk about 
their sex lives or lack thereof or their issues or their that, you know, it just, I don't know. It really like pulled me in and I was just like, I just want to watch these videotapes. <laughs> right. And like, it's just a lot of like, the writing is so honest that mm. like, it doesn't feel like these contrived like ways of talking about sex and love. Like it's very, very honest, vulnerable dialogue. And it feels like you're watching a play. It, like, reminded mm-hmm. me of a play a little bit. Yeah, this could easily be turned into a play. Yeah, like, it's incredible the amount of emotion. Uh, Andy McDowell in this movie is fucking incredible as this, like, repressed housewife who is just, like, trying to understand what sex is. And she – it's just, like, incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, the whole, like, oh, she finds sex through, like, a hot affair with, like, a hot boy. It's so much more complex no. than that. And it's mm-hmm. beautiful and heartbreaking. Yeah. And it, I don't know. It's, again, not really an erotic thriller, but definitely worth seeking out. <laughs> I, in, in some ways, I, I think it kind of takes the, the tropes of the erotic thriller and sort of turns them on their head in a way. Because, like, yeah. because like I, you you would think when, when the friend of the, the husband enters the picture and, you know, Graham and – he comes in and you kind of expect him to be sort of the bad guy to be like, you know, Oh, he's the, the person's going to be the interloper that's coming in and, and fucking things up. And while he kind of does that in a way, it's not in like a, I don't know, a thriller sort of way. It's, it's in more of a, like more honest down to earth. Like these are real conversations that she's not been able to have with anyone else and she's yeah. having them. And so it kind of plays with that trope a little bit, but I, there's nothing, there's nothing thriller about this movie. I would yeah, say. Yeah, like there isn't like this again, like the stakes aren't super high in the way that like the other ones that we've talked about have been with like murder. Right. <laughs> and like survival. So check it out, but don't don't expect um a thriller. More of a drama. Yeah. Yes, definitely. So I think we're going to go back to the real erotic, weird thrillers <laughs> next week. Terry, what are we watching? We are going to celebrate Christmas the only way we know how. And that is with, <clears throat> excuse me for a moment. Baby did a bad, bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Baby did a bad, bad thing. We are talking Kubrick's last film, Eyes Wide Shut, which has the Chris Isaac song in it. If you haven't watched it and is so incredibly sexy that song but anyway that's what i'm we're so doing. stoked i've never seen it and i've always i'm like so excited i can I, i've been meaning to watch it and now you're forcing me again forcing me to watch it and i'm very excited mm-hmm. and again merry christmas because this comes out on christmas that next episode will come out on christmas eve so get hot got hot and horny <laughs> for the holidays <laughs> sorry i said that <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Hot and horny for the holidays. Woo! <laughs> uh, okay, but who are we talking with on uh, on Monday, Mary Beth? On Monday, we are chatting with the real queen of horror herself, Zena Dixon. Yeah. And she brought with her a wild-ass movie, uh, 1988's Spellcaster. Holy shit, y'all. <laughs> this movie. <laughs> bananas which i believe is also playing on tubi so yes. i think that's where i saw it if you guys want to watch like a weird movie this weekend that just like you can watch when you're drinking it that this is the one got the movie for you yep adult willy wonka is all we're gonna say mm-hmm. 
So, listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch something that we watched this week and have thoughts? Do you have suggestions for what we should be covering? Send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm at Gailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Thank you, Eric Power, for our artwork. Thank you, Sean Keller, for our music. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.